Hello and welcome to SearchCast, a podcast hosted by Isaacson Miller. My name is Rhett Sosby and I'm the recruiting manager here at the firm and a producer of this podcast along with Devin Benjamin, our podcast content manager. I'm pleased to introduce today's hosts, Kennedy Kearney and Berlinda Mojica. Kennedy Kearney is a managing associate at Isaacson Miller and has been with the firm since 2011. She works on searches for presidents and executive directors, chief functional officers in advancement communications and programs, and other key leadership positions for organizations across the civic sector. Kennedy has worked with a wide range of clients in the fields of advocacy, education, environment and conservation, and health equity, and is particularly passionate about serving organizations that support historically marginalized groups. Berlinda Mojica, who joined Isaacson Miller in 2019, is a senior associate with the firm. She's a deep connection to education and a drive for justice from her experience as a fourth grade teacher, and now focuses on searches for senior leaders at pre-K through 12 education and education improvement organizations, higher ed institutions, and human services organizations. Our guest today is Sylvia Watts-McKinney, the newly named president and chief executive officer of Thompson Island Outward Bound Education Center. A visionary leader in the nonprofit education space, Sylvia builds bridges that expand opportunities and access for young people facing systemic barriers. Prior to joining Thompson Island, Sylvia served as the executive director of Summer Search in Philadelphia, a nonprofit mentorship program for promising high school students facing unjust obstacles. Thompson Island Outward Bound Education Center's unique educational program model combines field science, socio-emotional learning, and outdoor challenges to promote positive character development. Funded by a combination of philanthropy and the island's private events business, the majority of TIO-BEC educational programs are offered at no cost to families. A 204-acre natural preserve, Thompson Island is one of 34 islands and peninsulas that comprise the Boston Harbor Islands National and State Park. This one-of-a-kind outdoor classroom is just 25 minutes by ferry from downtown Boston, an urban oasis to thousands of young people from Boston's public schools and to guests who host their special events on the grounds. We are thrilled to have you, Sylvia, and with that, I'm going to turn it over to Kennedy. Thank you, Rhett and Sylvia. Thank you so much for being here with us. You've had uh, such a remarkable career as a nonprofit executive director and leading local chapters of national organizations, particularly those serving children and young adults. As you assume your new role as president and CEO of Thompson Island Outward Bound Education Center, this will be the third organization you're leading in this capacity. Um, So we're wondering, we'd love to hear from you about the lessons that you've learned while working in this space. What are some of the best practices that you've adopted for operating at this um, hyper-local level and connecting with the community in the context of a national organization? Well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for inviting me today. I've always dreamed of being on a podcast, and so once again, you've made a dream come true. <laughs> Happy to do it. <laughs> so my previous two uh, associations with Summer Search in Philadelphia, where the national office is in San Francisco, and with the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship with national offices in New York, offered me a great way to look at different uh, ways in which we could serve young people, particularly young people who are living in communities in inner cities and in marginalized neighborhoods. 
And I think it has to have a multi-level approach to solving the complex problems, you know, that exist there. And like many people, I too thought that when I worked with uh, young people at the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship, NIFTY, that when we they went off to college, uh, we thought our job was done. And what we found out was that many could not get through college. And I too thought they couldn't get through college because something was wrong with them. They did not apply themselves. And what I found out at Summer Search was that that was so untrue and so unfair. And what they needed was more support than ever when they were in college as they had had when they were in high school. And it just wasn't there. And so you might see, and it may exist at many colleges before this time, more and more support for first-generation college-going you know, young adults. So working with Summer Search and working particularly on that as an effort was, again, a dream come true for me. But I also found that college cost is super expensive. And when young people take out a loan, that loan is with them possibly for a lifetime. And so it made me, at Summer Search in particular, look at ways in which I could work with the national organization in San Francisco to involve companies who were looking to strengthen their pipeline and to use Summer Search's holistic model of mentoring as a way to strengthening that pipeline of young people who are coming from urban America. Um, and we, once again, we proved that if we could provide that kind of support to young people, they would be successful in those jobs. So why now Outward Bound and Thompson Island Outward Bound? At Summer Search, I consulted with, or we, we, we resourced or sourced nonprofit, organiz nonprofit organizations like Outward Bound to provide our outdoor experiences. And, and looking at these opportunities, uh, what I found was the faces of young people when they would come back from having had an experience at Outward Bound was so amazing. Uh, we would pick them up, uh, you know, when they'd come back up there a week or two weeks away, canoeing, camping overnight, staying in tents, getting to know other young people from other schools, sharing, caring, and having no phones. Uh, they came back and they would just brag about what a great time they had even though they had a lot of mosquito bites, they were very happy to tell you about their mosquito bites and very happy to tell you how they were not smelling very good. Uh, and so, but the idea of being outside was so important because as you know, many of our young people who are in marginalized communities don't, can't be outside. It is not safe for them to be outside. And if they are outside, they're in very limited spaces. So when you can go and be at Delaware Border Gap or at Thompson Island, you can stretch your arms out and you can twirl. And the only barrier between you uh, and that space is the sky. And you know, you're not gonna touch that sky, but you certainly gonna feel like you are. So Outward Bound, Thompson Island Outward Bound affords me the opportunity to have more autonomy because the other two organizations are run by a national organization. They share one 501c3. And so the governance is really driven by that national organization. Here, the national, we, we don't, we have a national organization, but our governance is local. And that will give me, I believe, 
more ability to be even more creative than I have been with the past two organizations. That's a really important distinction. Thanks for sharing that. What else was it that drew you to Thompson Island? Well, number one, the search firm was amazing. (laughs) Um, I remember when Berlinda called and she said, and these words, Belinda, I hope this is okay, what you said. You said, what would make you want to return home to Boston? And I said, oh my gosh, for the great opportunity, I would go back in a heartbeat. And she said, I think that in my process of of looking and my job is to search for many people, I think I might have the opportunity for you. So that opening line was amazing. And I had not thought about myself in the outdoor space. It makes sense now because I've been in the entrepreneurial space. I've been in the mentoring space. And now it would make sense I could be uh, in the natural world, if you will, and be, uh, be see that part of what Outward Bounds and others uh, are, you know, are performing a task and helping our young people to succeed. So it was a great honor to be part of the process. Uh, this was amazing. Oh my God, it's so incredible. A search firm, uh, even if they had not chosen me, I still felt amazing about them because of the, the integrity that was at the table, the thoughtfulness, the curiosity, all of those things. And so, and I remember during that process when somebody said, be you, be your authentic self right now. And, and that just, for me, that just opened up the door to say, well, just let me tell you how I would run this organization if I was chosen to be the CEO and president. Fantastic. Um, and, and kudos to you, Berlinda. <laughs> nice work. I'll pass it over to you for the next question. It was an honor to come across your profile, uh, Sylvia, and in part coincidence that you had ties to Boston um, and, and were already in an organization working with young people. And so, um, you know, before you re- relocated to Philadelphia, you served as executive director of the Museum of African-American history in Boston. And so I'm curious through your experience there and how you've continued to cultivate local partnership um, and gaining a deeper understanding of Boston's community and culture and politics. um, What what are you feeling returning back to the city um, that was a part of uh, your early career? So in Boston, I had various careers. Reinvention is a key word to me, or maybe pivoted is the right word. I started off working in a real estate company, and there I learned about affordable housing. But more importantly, I learned about how credit uh, can really impact you in the most negative way. And if you are poor, uh, credit doesn't having you don't you're not going to get good credit. It's just not there for you. Um, and and but we were so creative around working with folks at banks, mortgage companies to, you know, to help folks who really wanted to buy their first home. And so that to me was a most amazing experience. If you go up and down the orange line, I still see my work on the orange line. I was the project manager for the Bertucci's that opened at Alwife Station. And so as I'm now in Boston and I take the red line or I take the bus, I just go down memory lane all the time, 
Last Saturday, I walked from my current apartment in the seaport because I want to be close to work all the way to the Museum of African-American History on Beacon Hill. That is a 45 minute walk. Then I walked to Newberry Street. Then I walked to see the new statue, the Embrace. And again, along those ways, I am reminded about how many different ways I experienced Boston and how many lives that I believe that I touched in the various roles I had from the time I started as a project manager in a real estate company to the time I was the executive director of the Museum of African-American History. When I left uh, Philadelphia, as I leave Philadelphia, I have been overwhelmed by the kindness by so many folks that I just didn't know how I had such an impact on their lives. Uh, I spend so much of my time doing good work that I'm not looking for anyone to say thank you. I am so happy to be alive. And from where I came from in South Carolina to where I am today uh, was, I mean, I think at birth, I was not destined to be here. So I made a promise to the God that I worship that if I could make an impact on someone's lives, I would certainly do that. Um, and I believe that I have done that. So I miss all of my friends in Philadelphia and my colleagues and those around the country. So I am so happy to be back in Boston that I have not yet even called my friends in Boston. Um, I have just been taking deep breaths every day and I have been so focused on Outward Bound that I'm now almost ready to start making those phone calls. Now, I know they know about it because we communicate via Facebook and LinkedIn, and they have been more than kind around the congratulatory uh, remarks. And I can't wait to sort of reach out. So we have moved my reception, uh, welcoming reception in Boston from May, which was supposed to be next week, to now September, because I want to make sure that I will reach out to everybody I know uh, in Boston, and I want to make sure that they are invited because I can't wait to see them again. So how has this experience with the museum and cultivation um, is possible? Uh, it's possible because what I learned at the museum was the importance of history in the present tense. What I also learned there was how narratives of the past were being told in such a way that it was denying authenticity and it was denying young people of color to a history that belonged to them. And that part of that story is about the land. Many Southerners would have to leave their land uh, to move to the North for freedom. And, and they would come to a place where, you know, to survive, and many did survive and many did do well, but there are many who did not. Um, and they can't go back and find their homes. And so the African Meeting House to me in Boston was a place where they could get as close to home as they could. Because what happened during those years of enslavement uh, meant a lot of loss on so many levels. And so I don't ever want people to feel that kind of loss now 
because there are so many different ways in which we can gain from being with each other, learning from each other, and solving some of the most complex issues of our time together. Yes, that's absolutely true, Sylvia. As I'm listening to you, I hope that also our listeners um, come to understand how you've been steeped in championing um, anti-racism work from very early on in in your career, as you mentioned, um, thinking about poverty and credit and, and the real estate sector. But during the pandemic, the national conversation around issues of racial inequity and social justice were reanimated. And so I, I'm curious, how have you continued to engage meaningfully in EDI work um, so that it's substantive and effective? Every Each and every day is EDI work for me. Uh, I'm now in an organization that has rec- that recognizes that they want to be, this organization, want to be part of this EDI movement. It already has in place conversations and a report coming out to talk about justice, equity, and inclusion in the outdoor space. I haven't really read the report yet. Um, I've skimmed it a little bit, but I think there's more work to be done. And I believe that this organization, particularly in Boston, is ready to take on that work. I don't think it's hard work. I think it's thoughtful work. Um, And I believe that we can make substantive changes and not, you know, make changes that moves the needle just a little bit. We want to move this needle a lot. And let me just give you an example of that. Climate resiliency uh, is an area or is a movement here in Boston. And this is one of those wonderful surprises of this job. When I thought about it, or I went to a conference and the, there was a talk on it. I had not, I had not thought about Outward Bound uh, as, you know, Thompson Island Outward Bound as a part of, of this movement. But when you think about where the island is positioned in the Boston Harbor, it makes a lot of sense. And so maybe perhaps we should think about as part of our education program, uh, to refocus some of it, to, to you know, sort of think about how to help people to thrive and survive during times of climate stress. And that's what I learned from my work with, in particularly with Summer Search, is that I saw COVID as a climate act. And certainly it was an infectious disease, without a doubt. But it had so much power. It was like a storm that was just never going to cease. Uh, And so many people were impacted by it because, you know, when a storm comes, it does not necessarily pick out a person here and a person there. Everybody's impacted. But in terms of those who were mostly caught off guard and who could not have the resources, uh, these were folks of color who were poor and who were living in the inner city. They're the ones who had to drive the buses. They did not have the resources to go to a second home that was not located in the city. So I think that some, in this case, Thompson Island has an opportunity to become part of the climate resiliency movement and to work with young people now 
to not only help them understand their environment or this environment as we bring them onto the island or wherever we may choose to educate them, but also we need to focus on having them be futuristic thinkers around what to do uh, as we begin to confront the bigger climate issues, especially as there's a projection around 2030 and 2070. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your urgency around um, this work. Kennedy. Thanks, Sylvia. I appreciate that environmental justice lens um, stacked on to a traditional EDI focus. Um, You know this well, but for our listeners, Thompson Island Outward Bound's core mission is to build stronger more equitable school communities by delivering free experiential learning programs that boost academic success and foster personal growth. Um, In addition to the uh, climate justice and uh, DEI missions or EDI missions, are there other ways you anticipate building on this mission? Um, What are some of your aspirations for Thompson Island? So I think what I have learned about Thompson Island in the last month has been, again, extraordinarily rewarding. The climate resiliency piece is one of them. Also joining the Harbor Islands Partnership is another one where, you know, you have the National Park Service. And once again, I'm happy to be affiliated with the National Park Service because they were really key to our success with the Museum of Afro-American History many years ago. Now is the time for Thompson Island to think bigger and bolder than ever. It has assets that have not been recognized, that can be recognized. Thompson Island Outward Bound has come out of COVID. And like many organizations, it was not an easy experience, but yet, Thompson Island Outward Bound survived it. So we can't go back to a plan prior to COVID and sort of try to say, okay, this is where we need to start from. I beg to offer the following, that we look at a plan that is post-COVID and that we think about what we learned from COVID and see what we can do differently and better. So... The plan, the strategic plan, which I am so proud that this group of uh, folks engaged with Thompson Island Outward Bound as board members, as staff, have said they want to wait until the new leader comes on board to begin to plan the strategic plan. But we want a strategic plan that is going to be meaningful, that is not going to sit on the shelf and say, okay, we did that, you know, but it's going to actually be impactful. And I think that in my experience with, again, the museum, uh, when I was a project manager for a real estate company, when I ran the offices in Philadelphia for New York and for San Francisco, that we have to just be a much bigger thinker and we have to not think outside the box as the normal cliche is, but to think about ways that are so creative that it actually makes people question and say, oh my God, is that possible? Yes, it is very possible. Technology has opened doors in ways that we did not even imagine. Today, we can do all our banking on a phone. 
I can turn on the temperature in my house from another house. I can be up in the sky flying to Europe and turn off the lights in my house in Philadelphia, right? So technology has this way of taking us to a whole nother place and we should take full advantage of what that is and how we should think about ways in which we can uh, begin to multiply upon our successes. And if we do that successfully, I can assure you that the young people that we are working with today are going to be successful in whatever venture that they want to be in, you know, 10, 15 years from now. When it was announced that I uh, have joined Outward Bound, uh, Thompson Island, I cannot tell you how many students I heard from that I have worked with over the last 10 to 15 years telling me again how their lives have been changed because of the work that I was able to do with colleagues at Summer Search, even at the African American Museum and with the with you know with NIFTY. So I'm excited about the opportunities that lie ahead for us. And I'm excited to be working with a team of committed individuals who put their heart and soul and their commitment into this work each and every day. Terrific. Thank you. And thinking about those young people who've written um, to you, Sylvia, as you transitioned into this role, um, do you have any advice for those hoping to follow in your footsteps and pursue the work that expands opportunities and access for young people? facing systemic barriers, and particularly for those um, who are pursuing opportunities in executive leadership? I think so. I, I think that when I think about that question, I think about myself. And again, I think about where I started from. And sometimes publicly, when I'd have this conversation with folks and think about, again, where I started from, it would actually bring me great stress and a ton of tears because I just couldn't believe that I'd been so lucky and so fortunate to have met all the people along the way who believed in me and who kept me going, you know, when it got really, really uncomfortable. When I took the job at Thompson Outward Bound, I have no more tears. And what that means is I have now started to appreciate my gifts and, and I love sharing them with many others because I do believe that I have this, this bottomless pit of creativity. And so what I will share, I will build upon that as I share with someone else. And so my, my real, my message around obstacles is take them on, you know, don't be afraid of them, but bring people with you as you're trying to solve problems, because you can't do it by yourself. We know this is to be true. Yeah, well, you can do it by yourself, but it won't be a fun experience. But if you bring others with you, regardless of their age, regardless of their race, regardless of their gender, regardless of their sexual preferences, regardless of their abilities, if you bring them all together, there is just going to be a lightning of ideas and creativity, and it will attract more and more. And that's the revolution that we want to be part of. We want to change the way that folks live when they live in poverty. If that saying that poverty sucks is no joke, and I've lived that experience. Um, 
And so if I can help that next set of young people who want to make a difference in their lives, then I'm here for you. I just need for you to be part of the movement uh, that is going to, again, make those changes on so many levels. But I, I believe it's possible. And so therefore, I'll keep working at it. Um, and I believe I've had some great wins and I'm looking forward to even better ones, you know, on tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Thank you so much, Sylvia, for sharing this inspirational conversation and, and messages. Um, and it's been a sincere honor to find you, to get to know you and to stay in touch with you. We'll turn it over back to Rhett. Thank you all for that conversation. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We would love for you to subscribe to this podcast so that you can catch up on our old episodes, as well as be the first to hear new ones. And we'd also invite you to visit IamSearch.com for more information or follow Isaac Similar on our socials, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Isaac Similar. Isaac Similar's podcast content provides general information only and does not constitute recruiting guidance or advice. No representations or warranties are made with respect to the accuracy or completeness of this content. All liability from the use or misuse of Isaacs and Miller's content is hereby expressly disclaimed. The content contained in our podcasts should be used only at your own risk.